I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. The topic of this episode of TFL Talking Trucks runs deep through the soul and heart of most pickup truck owners. Now, we've covered this topic sort of kind of in the past, but this goes a little bit further because what we're talking about are modifications that many people make to trucks. And if you think about it, pickup trucks in the United States next to maybe the Jeep is the most modified vehicle in the universe. Absolutely, yes. And uh, we recently published a video on TFL Truck YouTube channel. Uh, we called Overloaded, and this was kind of an in-depth look at what happens when you lift up your 4x4 pickup truck and put larger tires on it. We interviewed industry experts mm -hmm. and now, this episode of our podcast is dedicated to you guys because there was an outpouring of comments, suggestions, questions. So we wanted to go over a lot of those and discuss what happens when you, because there's a tension here, right? Yeah. There's a tension that you and I have. We want to make our pickup or any vehicle look cool. Macho. Or perform better. Yes. Maybe we are thinking about going a little bit deeper into our next camping trip mm -hmm. in the mountains. We want a little bit more ground clearance. Right. Maybe a tougher tire. Yep. But what is, you know, what are we doing to our pickup trucks? How does it affect our payload and towing? And also, what does government have to say about this? And what about safety? These are huge issues. And even though some of you guys might be out there going, yeah, this doesn't matter. I, I can slam it or lift it all I want. Keep in mind that Different states have different rules about these things, and they may get stricter in the near future. Yes. So before we dig deep into this topic, and I have at least two pages of comments and um, and questions and, and suggestions, uh, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Yes, please. Yes. So patreon.com slash TFLcar is our only page. Recently, Tommy and team have been working super hard on a TFL car channel, and they published uh, beginning of the series having to do with the Mercedes-Benz GL mm -hmm. off-roader SUV. Right. And we also published a preview on our Patreon page. And you guys and gals really responded in really strongly because we have a lot of new supporters. That is correct. So thank you. So let's just go over a couple of them. Flo Bra just the last five days. Flo Brammer, Bill Klein, Phil Nowes, Steve Niles, 2988, 4x4 Strings, Chris... Laidland, Steve Niels, Xander DePayne, Willie, Vadim, Maddie Svensson, Ryan Teed, and Kevin Alexander. Guys, thank you very much for your support. Ooh. Welcome to the family. We truly appreciate it. And by being on Patreon, it makes it a little bit easier for us to shift through various comments that are coming out and 
prioritize a lot of the ones that you guys are putting out there as well. We try to comment on other comments as often as possible, but <coughs> if you guys see how many channels we have and how many comments, for instance, this one video that Andre did alone, just in a couple of days, got well over 500 comments. Yes. And I expect within the next few days, it'll probably hit about 1,000. And that's just one video. We produce, on average, about 10 videos a week. Or, or more. Or more. Yeah. This yeah. TFL Now channel is news-based. And of course, oldtfl.com is how you can keep track of what we're doing because yep. it's sometimes challenging. And we'll discuss some news on this podcast as well because uh, one important piece of news dropped yesterday. Ah, okay. Which I want to mention. So let's dig down. So um, so I used to, a couple of years ago, I had an F-150. Mm -hmm. um, it was an XL work truck. It came with kind of itty bitty tires, comparatively speaking. Weren't those Pirellis? Yes, which is... Interesting. Yeah, but they they were like sort but of they a, were like street worthy. Yeah, tires. they were a little yeah. bit more street. They were sport, yeah, yeah they, they they weren't the best out of all the Pirelli tires that are out there for your truck. Yeah, so of course I drove it for many many months the way it came from the factory, mm -hmm. and I loved it. It was quick. It was a hybrid, right? Yep. It was fast. You and I took it off road. I bent my front chin spoiler and scratched my bed. Yeah, yeah, you did a little little bangy on the tree there. I remember that. And I also I think touched. Like be, right behind my uh, crew cab door mm -hmm. on the side. So what's next? I wanted to get a beefier tire. I wanted to get a little bit more ground clearance. So when you and I go off-roading, my truck would be more capable. Makes total sense. Which I did. Mm -hmm. So I did a leveling kit, two-inch lift in the front, basically, which is not very difficult to do. It's pretty inexpensive. Mm -hmm. And a slightly larger tire. I only went from about, what is it, the 32-inch to a 34-inch. So I only gained maybe an inch of vertical height to the ground. And that's that's basically what I was doing just to keep my mods mild. But yeah. a lot of people we see out there, we like to call them bro-dozers. They are not mild. <laughs> no. They're, they're, they're huge lifts, huge wheels with really tiny profile tires. Which actually means that they've dropped height that's supposed to gaining height. Yes. So they lift it in order to lower themselves. Now we've complained about this before. And my only complaint is here in Colorado during snow season or if these guys are caught off-road, their rear diff is only like six or seven inches off the ground, whereas in if they put in a proper lift and, more importantly, larger tires to lift everything off the ground, they would have better ground clearance and not get stuck on trails and have to be extricated. So so let's dig into the comments. Yes, now. please. So the first one that was uh, popular on our YouTube video um, comes from SeaTech Bob. And SeaTech says, people don't even think about payload when they're choosing their next pickup truck. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... That doesn't cross many people's minds, even. No, no, it's it, it, it doesn't because a lot of people would simply look at a truck and think, well, it's going to hold whatever. Um, and in many cases, <laughs> they're they're right. However, uh, I have seen it, it's I especially see it like at Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever. Um, people who decide that they want to add brick to their patio or something like that. Yeah, and they oh. overload the hell out of their truck. Oh my goodness! And they wonder why. All of their driving dynamics are absolutely screwed, and even some of their sensors are going haywire because their front is pointed towards the sky and their butt is dragging on the bump stops. And I've seen it, and you've seen it too, I'm sure. And the best part, the best part is after they do that, then they try to tow something at the same time. <laughs> and it's just a nightmare. Yeah, when you're picking up mulch or rock, like right. you said, or maybe even eight by four by eight sheets of plywood. Things that are dense yeah. material that, yeah. you know, a few things don't affect a truck very much. I mean, they're built to hold a load. However, I mean, there are people putting two and 3,000 pounds into a vehicle that can only hold 1,500 pounds. Right. Yeah. So, so CTEC, Bob, you're absolutely correct. Um, it's a tendency. We get some emails like this. Oh, I bought a pickup truck couple weeks ago, and now I found out X, Y, and Z, and it's actually less than what I hoped. Mm -hmm. Those are really unfortunate messages that we, my heart breaks when I see those messages. Yes, and then the, the, the second part of that is usually how can I increase my payload? Yeah, can I put airbags on the back of it? <sighs> and I asked, you know, Dave Harrington on yep. the previous video, uh, CEO of American Expedition Vehicles, mm -hmm. I asked these questions to him, and he said, you know, when you, when you, if, if you want to increase your capability, you have to think about all four corners of your vehicle. You cannot just affect two corners and think, oh, I'm done. Right. You know, it's all great. So, 
And also, uh, rule of thumb that Dave suggested was, if you are increasing the tire size by X percentage, let's say on my F-150, I increased it by about 5%, right? Okay. Uh, two inches, you know, when you're talking about 34-inch tires, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to decrease your gross vehicle weight rating on your truck by the same amount. So that percentage, And it could be significant. So if you were going 4%, bigger on your tire, then you have to decrease 4% on your payload. Yes, basically. So let's say my Ford had a gross vehicle weight rating of about 7,300 pounds. Okay. Take about, what, 350-ish, that's about 4 or 5% of that, mm-hmm. 350 pounds. Now I have 350 pounds less payload, which is significant. For, for most trucks, that means you cannot bring a fifth person or you cannot bring... Uh, Something else you're carrying, or maybe a tent, or something. Well, especially like, that. like for the overlanding crowd, the ones who now bear in mind that he he was stating that, but there are other things you can do to, to kind of reverse some of that. If you're going to do that, you have to look at your whole suspension and increase its capability. Yeah, and uh, it's not just airbags in the back, dude. It's a lot more than that. Yeah, and also it it could be either impossible, just impossible. I it mean, because well, well let's be. keep going because we'll we'll yeah, discover because frames and everything else. There's a whole. There's so many. What more about things. air intakes for your transmission and engine cooling? Yes. How uh, brakes? What about your brakes? Because yes. they're going to be affected by larger. The the more rolling mass you have on your vehicle, be it those giant metal wheels that have ten tiny a bit of, of rubber or really big off road tires, both of them have the same issue, which is all that extra steel. And all that extra rubber that you have in there, increasing that mass means that as you're heading down the highway and you hit your brakes, you're not going to have the same reaction you had with the stock tires. That's just how it is. And yes. you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, totally. It's a safety issue. Um, and by the way, I, brakes were not part of our topic with Dave. And a lot of you noticed. So thank you. We'll, we'll mention that. Which because, is one of the reasons why. braking yeah. performance often is overlooked. And... I overlooked it in that video because I was focused on payload. I had a braking issue with my own little vehicle because I overloaded it. Your Santa Cruz? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. My, my, my cute little Santa Cruz. Now, looks, that thing can hold like 1,400 pounds without much of a problem. However, one thing that happens once you start going up to that weight, I had a bunch of canned food. It was uh, during the holidays. And so I had two pallets, basically, of, of a bunch of canned food, probably equaling about 1,000 pounds, I'm thinking. Uh, maybe a little bit more, but plus me, the driver, and plus somebody else who was sitting in the car, I was probably pretty close to its max. And I came up to a light. I was going a little bit quick. It was a dry surface. I hit my brakes, and I was still kind of moving forward a little bit faster than I thought I should. Now, this is a pretty new vehicle. It was about a year old at the time, and I'm, like, pushing the brakes harder and harder to get to that light. And I noticed it's, a few other times. It's not a good feeling. No, it's really no. not. And the thing is, is that that vehicle is built to handle that. However, it is not going to perform the same way it does stock. And it was especially noticeable with braking. So imagine what happens if you just simply monkey with the tires, make those heavier, which, by the way, adds to your, the weight of your vehicle. And then you add bumpers and all the other things that happens, you know. Let's face it, if you haven't updated your brakes with all the other modifications you've made, it's a very good chance that your stopping distances are going to increase. Yeah, and actually modifying brakes is not as easy as it sounds. No, it's not. We learned that also uh, (laughs) 10 years ago. Wow, we made some mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, And we were trying to learn from them. Yeah, that was with the Ford uh, Raptor. Raptor. Yes. The first-gen Raptor we had, which was still just a phenomenal truck. We should not have screwed with the brakes. But a company had bigger brakes. We they wanted to try them out, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it made the stopping distance longer. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that a little <laughs> bit deeper. Yes. Now, the next comment, uh, popular comment, comes from Benka101. And this a viewer says, this was awesome. Next, do a video about wheel spacers. Because like we yes. were saying, a lot of people like that look where your truck sits a little bit wider. Or uh, a lot wider. Or a lot wider. And you could do that two ways. You could actually change the spacing uh, of your wheel itself, when you're buying a new wheel, mm-hmm. you could change that spacing. Yeah, the, or you can add just a spacer, just usually aluminum, right, um, to change the offset, basically. But but you're affecting many other things. For example, now your fender flares may not be covering your entire wheel entire. So that's when true. you're driving on the highway, you're flinging rocks back or whatever debris back at the people behind you. Mm-hmm. So you're affecting other people uh, doing this. So, yes, we didn't discuss that much in this uh, particular video, but it also has to do with leverage that Dave talked about, right? 
you're increasing leverage because those wheels are now further out and the axle may not be designed for that much leverage. That's exactly what I was, I was hoping you were going to say. Um, that which can affect many things, everything from the actual component that's holding your wheel on, the brakes, and of course your suspension. Because you're now, if you look at a cantilever or, or any, any long object, the further you go out, the, it completely changes the architecture of your suspension and how it travels underneath your truck. Now, I'm not just talking about off-roading, which is obviously the easiest way to look at this, but even minor obstacles, it's going to make a big difference. Now, I know people really like the big fat look where their wheels are way out there, you know, six, seven inches past their fender. And, and, and by the way, that can be illegal in most states. It's, <laughs> it's illegal a, here. It's supposed to be illegal here, but yeah, I've seen <laughs> so many trucks with it. Cops just don't seem to care. Um, I have an issue with safety because it just kicks up dirt and snow and crap and rocks at other vehicles, which sucks. But put that aside. The other thing that it's doing is that, A, you're taking up the entire lane of traffic. It's not easy to park or maneuver. Steering is different now because if you look at the distance in terms of how far your wheels are apart and how you actually turn, the circumference of your turn will change. Everything changes. So this is an important thing. Now, Andre, I had a vehicle that had spacers on it before I understood. What? The, yeah, I did. I did. Before I met you, I had a 1990 GMC Jimmy. Okay. With the 350 manual transmission. You've probably seen a picture of it. I'm very, yeah. I have a really cool picture of it. That's somewhere. Anyway, um, I love that truck. And the thing is, is that the old GM rear ends were very narrow compared to the front ends. So it was it could like four inches narrower. Um, and I didn't like that look. I didn't like the way it sat and I didn't like the way it drove. So I went into some magazines back then, looked around a little bit and decided to get these spacers because all these people are like, ah, spacers are a way to go. And this is before I understood some of the issues that could you know, come with that. But, but you're touching on an important point, I think. Mm -hmm. It's because we're, a lot of us are particular about the way the vehicle looks. Bingo, yeah. Right? You said, well, you know, your track width was different front to back. Mm -hmm. You wanted to correct it. Right. Maybe your, you know, the rear axle may, may have been taller than the front or vice versa. You wanted to correct that too. Yep. Or whatever. Um, and that has to do with appearance, a lot, a, which is, my wife doesn't understand that, by the way. When I talk about, oh, I want to do this to my truck and this to my truck, uh, she's like, why? <laughs> well, wow. Isn't it good enough already? I mean, why, why are you even I think talking our, about I this? I think our wives talk to each other when we don't know it because <laughs> I get the same exact questions. Why is this being done? Why are you guys interested in this? This is a waste of money. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, yes. So in my case, um, now it – didn't really negatively affect the performance because honestly, it it, would, it wasn't anything dramatic. But one thing that did happen was when I was going off road, and I, I modified it so I could do some light off roading with better shocks. Right, uh, stiffer springs, front and rear. Going off road, and I all of a sudden hear this really bizarre noise as I'm going over a pretty hard obstacle, and it's grinding and grinding. What the hell is Whoa. that? The wheel went into the wheel well, maximum articulation in the back, and because of the extra width, it was absolutely tearing apart the inside of the wheel well. It was so bad that it actually stopped the wheel from moving. Um, and that it was, is bad. Yeah, it, yeah. And this thing's a manual, so Saginaw uh, four-speed. Those things are crazy. Anyway, um, I, I kept stalling, and I could not get off that rock. I finally had to back off the rock and basically turn around and go home. So what I thought would actually be a positive was a full-on negative, at least for off-roading. Point here is that um, it looked much better, did not perform better because of that. Yeah, and that's a topic in itself. It you is. Know, what if I change my tire size or my track width? How will it affect my body more? Mm -hmm. Because like you said, it could touch in the front of your wheel well, in the back, in the yep. top, every, anywhere. Because as you're sp turning, steering, and articulating, um, thankfully there are tools out there that you can kind of, or forums, where you can kind of get a sense for this. Right. right. Uh, but still, that's an interesting topic. Here's another comment from the video. Uh, it's by STR LRD3863. Good news, because 95% of people who lift and modify their trucks will never take them off-road or haul anything. <laughs> okay, so I think 95 is a little bit extreme. It's, it's a little extreme. because I, I would say 70%. Well, it's hard to say, because this is getting more and more common as, it, as we're progressing. I, I just think about the all the, um, the really pristine ones I see, and you can kind of tell when a vehicle is used for off-road 
or it's used by for, the way, as a work truck. By the way, it sounds like we're bashing people who love their vehicles. We're, we're not. For example, I, well, not my neighbor, but like a person like three blocks down mm-hmm. from where I live has a Jeep JL Wrangler on, I think they're using a 30-inch wheel with a tire that's about as thick as a rubber band. <laughs> it's gold wheels. <laughs> they're sticking out. Can I make fun of it's them? It's lifted. Uh-huh. No, no, wait, wait. It's lifted. It's got gold flake paint all the way around. There's a theme there. It looks like a Hot Wheel vehicle. Okay. And this person, I mean, this vehicle is spotless all, every time I see it. Mm-hmm. This person never goes off-road, as far as I can tell, but it doesn't matter because they love that vehicle. They created that vehicle on purpose. Okay, f- fair enough. Yes. A long time ago, when you and I were doing Motor Mountain USA, yes. Uh, by the way, video series that, that we put together, and it, I'm still very proud of it, even though it was a lot I, of work. I too. Remember when we went to Florida? Yes. And we met the Florida Jeep Club? Yes. And a lot of those guys at the Florida Jeep Club, they're very nice guys, but, I mean, and they had some great mods, but half of them were like, look, we don't go off-road. We just love doing these mods. And so, uh, yes, it's so easy for me to, you know, throw stones at these people, and at the same time, it's just like, I get it. You love your vehicle. It looks super cool. That I completely understand. And I and aesthetics to vehicles are remarkably important because what's more important, a car that makes you happy or a car that follows all of the guidelines that are already out there? I think a car that makes you happy is better. However, mm-hmm. what we're referring to is in addition to that, what it can do in terms of a negative thing to that vehicle or in this case, how many people go to a job site with a vehicle that has chrome and special paint and everything else on it, and they honestly don't want to do anything with it to screw up that chrome or paint that they've spent so much money on? I get it. Um, it's 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 a real, you know, for, for those of us who are real truck guys, we're like, yeah, let's beat up the truck. Yeah, okay, that's great. But the other side is there's a lot of people who are like, look, I've saved so much time and money to put this thing together. I love the way my truck looks and the way it behaves. I don't care if it doesn't do any of this stuff. I love it for what it is. I get that as well. However, once again, we are talking about the comments that are put out here. And I do agree with these comments, too. I tend to look at it as like, well, why, why not just buy a car at this point? You know, I mean, it's cheaper. I mean, a lot cheaper. Yeah. But but I get it. You know, the people want what they want. And I'm not going to cast dispersions on them for wanting the truck. Yeah, but in the end, you know, let's say you did a lot of these mods, extreme mods, mm-hmm. and then you want to haul a trailer, you carrying weight like from the Home Depot, like you said, it becomes an issue for the rest of us. Exactly, because, because it's a danger on the road. R- right. So that's what we're addressing. Here. Yes, exactly. Um, here's a comment from Brandon Baker. Sorry if I mispronounced it. Uh, what about upgrading your brakes? All right, so we touched on uh, this already. Yeah. Uh, and what I wanted to say about the Raptor uh, story that mm-hmm. we had 10 years ago is that the manufacturer obviously spends billions of dollars, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars, on developing that vehicle in the, to begin with, right? right? So they optimized. Yes, there's some compromises, of course, right? But they've optimized pretty much everything they could think of. You know, cooling, brakes, tires, shocks. Without a doubt, yeah. And they've tested bejeebies out of it, mm-hmm. right? They went to Antarctica. They went to, I don't know, Mount Everest with it. And they went everywhere. So when you change one element of that... Results may be unpredictable, like it wasn't with us in yes. one case. We thought we were putting a slightly beefier rotor and caliper on the front of that truck, mm-hmm. but the truck didn't like it. The <laughs> truck was like, you know what? No. Bad. So so you have to choose proper components, you know, reputable companies, and you have to have some, some data to back it up. The data is the important part. Let's say you decide to go for a larger wheel and tire, larger meaning heavier wheel, but a larger tire. So altogether, more, once again, rolling mass. And you've added other components to your vehicle, lift and bumpers and stuff like that. So suddenly you have a heavier vehicle. Well, the obvious answer is, well, then let's just put on bigger brakes. Well, yeah. Um, you have to make sure your vehicle actually works with those brakes. And I, what I mean by works is that there's actual programming that has to go into these vehicles because the ABS systems and everything else, and you really don't want to lose your ABS, um, they may not work the same way with just slapping on a new larger rotor and perhaps a different caliper. You actually have to do the research and make sure your vehicle can work with that component and that its extra weight gain means that, okay, it's still able to handle it and that you're getting the benefits you're paying for because changing your brakes is a very expensive endeavor. Yeah, and we deal with this every day. Uh, for example, I um, filmed the night gauntlet yesterday, mm-hmm. and 
when towing a trailer, and I was in a heavy-duty truck. This is coming still, so check out oldtfl.com. Uh, I was in an F-350 Ford uh, just this time, and I was ca- uh, hauling about 21,000 pounds behind me. Okay. So what I did in the, in, effectively is I quadrupled the weight of my vehicle because the truck weighs, what, eight or 9,000 pounds, mm-hmm. and I was carrying 21,000 pounds behind it. So the trailer has its own brakes, and you have to rely on that because if you forget to turn up your gain on the brakes, those stock brakes are not going to haul down 30,000 pounds that you are now weighing. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to roast your brakes at the same time. So, you, oh, yeah, you could, it, it could be a safety issue very quickly. And that means your trailer has to be properly maintained also, right? right? The trailer brakes have to work properly. You have to test them before you leave. Sorry, I'm getting on my CD. No, 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 no. That's, um, that's so. totally understandable. But what if you lifted the very same truck? Suddenly, you have, if it's a bumper pull, you've got a giant, um, you know. Drop hitch. Drop hitch. Yes. That actually affects how the truck performs. Because if you look at the angle that the trailer is pushing against the truck, it's very different than the angle it was pushing against the truck when the truck was stock being tested. So... You know, you're no longer dealing with the same math that you were from the dealership or, more importantly, from the manufacturer. And all of those things could be safety hazards, and they can also affect your performance. Yeah. And um, I was towing a gooseneck, thankfully. So mm-hmm. better weight distribution because the right. ma- major point of the tongue weight of the trailer is actually in the middle of the bed. Which where, is right over your axle. And it's also being distributed, you know, a little bit more forward, right. so, which is great. So, by the way, we did have some comments about weight distribution hitches drop hitches, and versus gooseneck. So thank you for that, because that's an important topic. For example, one of our longtime partners, Gen Y Hitch, mm-hmm. they build many, many drop hitches, right? We've been using them for years. Yeah. Um, and as the drop gets longer, they actually provide additional bracing. So they've tried to take care of a lot of that engineering already. So you have to brace it, you have to attach it to another point on the frame, because there's a lot of leverage now, right? The, the, exactly. the trailer can actually push that hitch underneath your truck. Which is also lifting up the front end of your truck, by the way, once yeah. you start doing that. And it can get it can get hairy. And I've seen a lot of hitches that are just like, you know, hey, it's, it looks good. It sits down, you know, four feet from the top of the truck or whatever. And it looks, you know, this long thing and, and it's all chrome. Yeah, awesome. But there's nothing on it to support it. And you're going to tow with that? Yeah. Well, at that point, it's jewelry. Basically, yeah, you're saying that, but people actually use them sometimes, yeah. and that's once again what we're coming back to, which is that becomes a hazard for everybody on the road. Okay, here's a comment from Garrett Lewis, forty-one oh three, and Garrett says, "What about odometer corrections or speedometer corrections ah, very with good. larger tires? Huge topic. Yes, and most of us usually either forget about it, don't talk about it, or." Just not even think about it. Or maybe do the math in their head a little bit. Yes. Like, oh, I know that I'm going three miles per hour above what of this where is I should showing, be. you yes. know, or whatever. And you figured it out because you're going side by side with a friend who's going this you know, proper speed or whatever. And and it's good that at least you're keeping that in mind. But, you know, sometimes some of you guys uh, forget this. So this has been a big pet peeve of mine or issue I had before because we've modified many trucks at TFL. Mm-hmm. So... We did stuff even that manufacturers themselves approved. For example, the Jeep Gladiator. That That's that a really built. good example. Uh, we used Jeep Performance Parts, which is basically Mopar, mm-hmm. right? We put a 35-inch tall tire, small lift, using the parts they provided. Right. We did it at the dealership. Mm-hmm. So a trained technician installed all this stuff. And then we said, well, what about the speedometer? And they were like, ah, yeah, we're not supposed to touch that. Because now you're getting into some legality issues and legal issues because you're touching software now. And as we've heard with recent, you know, fines and recalls and such, that's a very sensitive topic. But it's getting a little bit better. So remember when we had our electric Hummer? Mm Mm-hmm. We actually, after some testing, we went out to the dealer, GMC dealer, for the Hummer Electric and got 37s for it. It came with 35s originally. And the dealership did it, and they recalibrated our computers for the bigger tires. Considering That's how, cool, right? It is cool, considering how much we paid on that vehicle, which was stupid money. 
Oh, uh, that's I'm the not least saying it's they cheap. Can, yes. <laughs> that's the least they can do. But the thing is, is that that's not available on all vehicles. That's not available oh, no. on all GM vehicles. This even. was actually the first time I saw that mm-hmm. happen was with GMC Hummer. Now, I've heard of some people who will just take additional software or, more importantly, hardware and have it up there so they actually have a true representation of what speed they're going. So they have a proper, you know, and, and also, by the way, it's not just your speed that's affected, it's your MPGs, and it's also your odometer that are affected as well by changing the size and diameter of your tire. So keep yeah. that, you know, that, all of that plays into it. And so in order to fix or fix, to, to make your vehicle, you know, read properly, it could take a lot of money. It may not be able to be done properly, or you may have to go to secondary hardware, which displays your true MPG and mileage and everything else. And some aftermarket tools are able to do this. Yes. Um, but once again, use caution, right? Mm-hmm. If you're using an aftermarket controller or you know a tuning device, and you have good intentions, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want to know your true speed and your true fuel efficiency and your true everything. But... You know, what if that vehicle goes back to the dealer? They don't know what you did. Yada, yada. It creates some issues. Yeah, you have yeah. to keep all of that in mind, guys. So next comment comes from to us from Richard Fisk, 6311. So Richard says, he used to have a Toyota Tacoma. He used it a few times. Switched to an F-250. <laughs> uh, wow. So he, his, he says his Tacoma had about 950 pounds of payload. And he sees a lot of these, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure I know which truck this is. This is a TRD off-road, most likely, mm-hmm. with a lot of options. And this is the previous gen, by the way. Toyota has fixed this issue with the new gen of Tacoma. Because, yes. because they have um, increased the gross vehicle width ratings from the factory. They gave it more payload. Everything is better. But on previous Tacomas, this was a big issue. So basically what Richard is saying, buy more truck than what you need. Yes. O- Overbuy. I, I, I would agree yeah. with him 100%. Although going from <laughs> Tacoma all the way up to a heavy-duty truck, you're sort of skipping the middleman. Yeah, and he says a lot of people make fun of him for overkilling it. But, hey, hey. there's nothing wrong with being more prepared than the, than what you need. It's, it's kind of like the reverse of cutting corners. Uh, let's say you know you're going to be towing, on average, five or 6,000 pounds, and you get a truck that can easily tow 10,000 pounds. I'd say you're smart. Because you're not straining your vehicle as much as those people who are going to the maximum weight. So let's say that 5,000 pounds that I was just referring to was on that Tacoma he used to drive. Yeah. That's a lot more strain on that Tacoma. If it can even handle that, to be honest with you. With, I mean, that, uh, that payload is abysmal. Think about it. The Maverick and the Santa Cruz have better payloads. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just terrible. But this is what happens when you get a full-blown four-wheel drive off-road version of a pickup and it well, usually, it's, like, it's like you're buying a, buying a tool for a certain job. It's exactly. If your job is to run across the desert at you know, a higher speed, that's kind of what you need, right? right? You need a vehicle with softer springs, lighter payloads, smaller payloads, but it's a sp- precise tool for that job, but it won't do other jobs really well. Right. Getting the everything truck is very difficult. Although if you, work, if you work your way up to heavy-duty trucks, as an example, we had the uh, AT4X... Um, Sierra 2500. No, no, uh, 1500. No, no, the one with the diesel that we took. Oh, the, the to, recent to one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one still had a really, a pretty impressive payload I, and towing. Yeah, GM did a really great job. This. Yeah, because it was a balance uh, of everything. It was like 2,700 pounds, mm-hmm. which is not, I mean, compared to other heavy-duty trucks, it may not be that great. But compared to truck on 35s, with custom suspension, that was amazing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, what, what we're saying is that it, you, you have to sacrifice one thing for another. The only way you can get away with getting the everything truck is spending ridiculous amounts of money. Yes. We are talking about a truck that was like $104,000, I believe. Yeah, it was. Um, and, but, but let's say you get something a little bit more realistic, like, oh, I don't know, Power Wagon, one of my favorite trucks. Well... Your towing and your payload are going to suffer in that truck as well because it is built as an off-roader. That's its main mission. So keep that in mind if you're looking at, at you know any particular truck. You probably want to overdo it. I would say that I would rather get that heavy-duty power wagon over, let's say, a Ram Rebel if I knew that from time to time I would be towing seven or 8,000 pounds. I know that the um, you know, power wagon wouldn't have a problem with that. <laughs> Also, the heavy-duty pickup truck. Sorry, my 
I have I, a, he's I fighting have a small cold. Yeah, he's got bird flu. Uh, yeah, sorry, monkeypox, swine flu. Okay, um, a heavy duty truck also have thicker axles, bigger frames, bigger components. Exactly. So even if you're throwing the same trailer with your light duty versus the heavy duty pickup, the heavy duty pickup will last longer doing that work because it won't it just be have, stressed. It just has bigger components. Exactly, and, and, and heavier, heavier stuff lasts longer. Um, so the next comment. Uh, came to us from, not sure how to pronounce this, Jilly Games. That sounds right. Okay. So Jilly Games says, I used to haul twenty to 30,000 pounds with my half tons, 2,500s, and 3,500s at the farm. All good so far. I'm paraphrasing. Sorry, this, this comment was, of course, a lot more involved. Okay, yeah. But uh, I've heard this before. You know from whom? Hmm. Mr. Truck. Oh, of course. Because he used to work on a farm. He, used he grew to up with, on a farm. Yeah. With goats. In, in eastern Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, comment, first of all. Yes, a lot of these trucks will be able to go short distances at slow speeds. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Julie Games said, you know, some, once in a while they would have to move down the highway to the next farm or whatever it may be. Uh, 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 yes. So, basically, the point they're trying to make is the trucks are overbuilt from the factory. They will last with some heavier weights. But once again, everything what we already said, it still applies. If you're on the highway, you're in public. Now you're affecting other people with what you're doing. You can go on to Google anytime you guys want and look up what happens when uh, pickup truck beds are overloaded. And you'll see some trucks bent in half or at least in third yes. uh, with, with just some oversized campers, much less heavy duty loads. Um, Especially over time, when those frames that we were talking about rust a little bit or there's been some damage to them, over time, those things can bend. Um, axles can fail. Brakes can fail. That's one of the big issues that I keep coming back to. So, yes, these vehicles can handle way more weight than is, has, that's advertised. But the reason that they're listed at these weights is to keep you guys safe and keep everybody on the road safe. If you're able to stick within the numbers that the automaker provides and something goes wrong, then your liability drops a little bit. But if you go way over those weights, guess what? The liability falls more upon you. Yeah. And that's the topic we discussed in that video with mm. uh, Scott O'Sullivan from Os- O'Sullivan Law Firm. Right. right? Um, he's, a, he's a friend of the show. Mm-hmm. He also uh, is part of the uh, writerjustice.com. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge part. You know, Scott, basically, what he told me, it boiled down to use common sense when you're doing anything. Right. I was like, wow. So that was short sentence. Problem solved. Use <laughs> covers, common... covers so much. But, but then somebody else commented and said, the common sense now is no longer common. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fair, okay. Uh, that's, that's, that's fair that's, to say that. That's but... opening up another can of worms. Yeah. We, we can only say so much based on where we are and what we're able to do. And... You know, bear in mind that we we screw up too. You know, we're, we're human. Andre often screws up with, with payloads. Well, well, come on, you did that Ford I, I Ranger did. thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I just did. saying. I did. Um, but no, in all seriousness, uh, you know, life lessons go only so far. It's up to you guys whether or not you're willing to listen and you know apply what we're mentioning or other people are mentioning. Um, if you go overweight on your truck, crazy, crazy weights. Prepare for consequences down the road, If you're, especially if you're going to be on the road. If you're on the farm, you're on your own property, fine, Dan, go for it. See if you can haul 50,000, you know, go for it. But the minute you hit the highway and you could possibly affect somebody else on that highway, you could be in a world of hurt. So, yep. all right. Legally and otherwise. Exactly. Uh, here's a comment from Ringmaker. Um, he says, it's interesting how many people at the automotive dealerships and or RV dealerships have no idea about payload or weights. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, he's saying maybe RV, some RV dealerships know a little bit more about this. Uh, okay, so this mm. is kind of a comment. Uh, I'm mentioning it because a lot of, well, we use our friendly dealers here mm-hmm. that we've been using for many, many years. Sure. And the reason why we go there is because a lot of the salesmen and saleswomen are also enthusiasts. Yes. And by being enthusiasts, they're involved in a lot of aspects of automotive. Of they course. understand payloads, they understand weights, they understand, mm-hmm. you know, your top speeds or whatever, yeah. whatever it may be. Um, but it's not guaranteed if you walk into a random dealership, those salespeople may have been, like Kent likes to say, they may have worked at a grocery store the day prior, right? Very true. So 
And the point he's making is the trailer you're pulling is probably weighs more than you ever thought. And it happens to me a lot too. Well, because you're eyeing the trailer, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, that tractor weighs 10,000. This trailer weighs 8,000. Oh, I must be at 18,000. But the truth is usually way heavier than that. I want to add to that, yes. uh, especially with RVs. There are an awful lot of people out there who will go into an RV dealership, either for a you know, Class A or Class C motorhome or whatever, which is way too big for them to drive. There's no special license that you need, by the way. That, this is, that's a whole different discussion. Sure. But then with trailers that go in by themselves, a trailer, be it big or small, and they're like, okay, this is a 8,000-pound trailer. My vehicle is able to tow 12,000 pounds. Okay, I should be good. But then they load it up with a canoe on the top and tons of dishes inside and groceries and everything else. And all of a sudden, they're overweight and they don't realize it. If they're super careful and they actually go to a scale after they're prepped for their trip, they can trim the vehicle as needed and hopefully have a safe running vehicle. But more often than not, people go way over the not only the capability of the pickup truck, but even the capability of the trailer. Trailers have their own load weights that are or the levels that are often, especially with travel trailers, way, way, way over what they should be. Uh, really, and, yeah, and also those trailers sometimes are long and tall and wide, which creates a lot of wind resistance too. Extra drag which, and extra axles adds, adds yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. But in addition to all that, um, then there's uh, toy haulers. And toy haulers are, are a finicky thing too because you can put into it a vehicle, a couple side-by-sides, which it may be rated to tow or to haul, I should say. But all of a sudden you decide to put in other things in there. Once again, a load of bricks it's something that is way over the amount that it's actually advertised to hold. And suddenly your performance and your safety, everything has fallen through the floor. Keep that in mind that so many people do that. So you never know who you're behind on the road. Some of these people... First time owning a trailer, they've overloaded the crap out of it, and they absolutely have no idea what they're doing. And there's plenty of uh, YouTube um, videos out there showing people losing control of their trailers, A, because they don't know what they're doing, and B, because they may have had either too much in the trailer or not enough in the truck, you, you name it. It's worth watching because you, you look and you laugh a little bit, then you realize, oh, my God, that could be me on the highway next to the, one of those idiots. Keep that in mind. Yeah, and sometimes... Um especially with bumper poles, you can see trailer sway coming from a vehicle in front of you. Mm -hmm. And that's a great, uh, they may not realize the distribution of their weight, right? Mm -hmm. So so that's what, usually fifth wheels or goosenecks, it's really hard to swing, to get those trailers to sway because right. they're so long and so heavy and so so big. Uh, but the bumper poles, you can usually see it very clearly, visually. There's this great video out there, which is, it's got a, a model of a truck and a, and a model of a trailer. And there's a guy who has weight Mm -hmm. And he puts the weight in different parts of the trailer, showing how to change uh, trailer sway. It's really informative for people who've never had to deal with that before and perhaps don't realize how easy it is to fix. Uh, because as he was putting the weight further forward, different things would happen. As we would put it further back, different things would happen. It was a fantastic video. I recommend finding it. I don't remember the name of it, unfortunately, but it's out there. What's the next one? Okay, here's somebody uh, calling me out. Okay. Cloud30,000 says, Andre, go big if you want to tow with bigger tires. Get a one-ton. Also, Andre, I personally bought an off-road spec midsize pickup on larger tires for towing a big boat. You so, tell him. Yeah. Thank you, Cloud. Um, so I did buy a Colorado Trail Boss, mm -hmm. which comes with 32s, which are off-road worthy tires. Much which bigger are, than the stock ones. Sure. Um they're uh, mud terrains, or mm -hmm. I'm sorry, MTs, um, Goodyear Territory MTs. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Chevrolet tested those tires on that truck at the factory. Right. Because I did not put those wheels and tires after the fact. Mm -hmm. I actually, and thank you, Chevrolet, by the way, um, because Ford on my XL, you know, they didn't offer me a lot of choices. I mean, I'd have to go to like a Tremor or some other trim level. Which I don't think that at the time they made a Tremor hybrid. No, they still don't. Mm. Right. So, but Chevrolet in this case did that. They offered several different tire choices right. um, on this Trail Boss trim level, which only was a small amount of money. It was about $500 to upgrade the tires. But I was talking to their engineering team, and they actually do all the testing with each tire. 
right? Because they have to certify those trucks with every combination that they sell. So yes, cloud, um, fair point. I recommended a one ton and then bought a midsizer, <laughs> but it was rated for what I'm doing. So yes, I feel uh, pretty good about that. Yes, and other than some gremlins that the vehicles had in terms of its towing, you told me it did really good with towing. Yes, its very, overall very performance stable. is quite good. Yeah. The truck actually off-roads quite well. My only complaint is like the rear seat room is not really great yeah. for my family. So You need to get a one-ton. Yes. Thank you, Cloud. Yes. <laughs> I, maybe next I should get a one-ton. I, hey, I, at this point, you are uh, much quicker about rotating your vehicles than I am. I'm so, trying. I'm yeah. trying to. Yeah. So good luck with that. Okay. Uh, next comment comes for, to us from Flyover Country 1427. Sorry, I can't find it on the screen right now, but I do have a, this written down. Mm -hmm. This is a, actually a question that we almost never talk about. So each axle has its own gross axle weight rating. Yeah, that's true. So when you look at that little silver uh, sticker inside of your door jam on your driver mm -hmm. door, of course it says gross vehicle weight rating that we always point to, right? Right. But what I don't always point to is the Gower, G-A-W-R. In each axle... If your truck has more than two axles, of course, that continues, mm -hmm. has its own weight rating. And Flyover Country says, how come when you add the gross axle weight rating of the front axle plus the gross axle weight rating of the rear axle, it, that number is always greater than your gross vehicle weight rating? Uh, I can give you an example. Okay, you're giving an example. I, I, I have a reason yeah. in my own head, uh -huh. which is pretty simple. It is simple. Um, so, for example, <laughs> I was driving a truck uh, yesterday with about 5,500-pound 5, front axle rating mm -hmm. and about 7,500-pound 5, rear axle rating. Combined, carry the one. That's about 13,000 pounds mm -hmm. if you add those two numbers together. Yeah. But the gross vehicle rating of that vehicle was 12,000. Okay. Can you explain this? I think it has to do with where the weight is actually distributed over that axle. So uh, your rear axle, the amount of weight that's going over it is X amount of the vehicle, right? And then the front axle, same thing. So what you're doing is you're sort of sharing a certain number. That rear axle could handle, let's say, 5,000 pounds. Well, a lot of that weight's coming from the front as well. Same thing with the front end. So in terms of the overall weight of the vehicle versus what the weight is on each <coughs> axle, it's a different number. Uh, the yeah. axles are rated differently, actually, than what your overall weight is. Yeah, and that's a good way of thinking about it because it's about distribution. Right? Exactly. Um, I would like to think about it also in a way where let's imagine you're on a steep driveway and you're carrying something heavy in your bed mm -hmm. and, you know, gravity, this is your rear end, right, mm -hmm. with a lot of weight on top of it. Well, the distribution has shifted, right? The front end is a little bit unloading. Right. The rear, rear axle is, is being, being loaded be just by the fact that you're on a decline. Right. Right. And hence, that axle is carrying more weight now than it was supposed to in the mm -hmm. beginning, right? Right. So those are the kind of things that manufacturers think about when, or you for off-roading, right? Sometimes you're straddling a ditch, uh -huh. you know, one tire is in the air, the other tire is way back down, and a lot of the weight is shifting towards the back. Right. You, Same you, thing. You could have like 70% of that weight all sitting back on one tire. Yeah, one so... Point. So the, that's how they account for that stuff. Is, yeah, is it's, by, weight, it's the weight distribution and how it works, yeah. Also, each tire has its own weight rating. That's true. And usually when you combine, when you add those four numbers together, that number is also huge. Why? Because each, each tire may be overloaded momentarily in the same scenario. Very true. As a matter of fact, what we were talking about with modifications, something you guys really need to keep an eye on what the, the actual load capacity of those tires are that you're putting on your trucks. In many cases, they are not rated properly for the truck and what you want to do with it, especially if you're going for super modded wheels and tires. So just keep an eye on that because you really do want to stay within, once again, it's, it's your fault if something goes wrong. If that tire explodes because you've overloaded it and you cause an accident, that's on you. So, you know, keep that in mind. Yep. So we're keep. We're going to keep moving because okay. we have another 500 comments. <laughs> I know, through. seriously. Uh, but you, uh, we're, I think we just uh, a few more and then we'll, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just kidding. Um, so there's a comment about from Jason Pitts, 8395. So Jason is commenting about, what about a full-size spare? Because a lot of us you know, sometimes f forget this as well. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. It, ha it has happened to me. 
And also manufacturers, OEMs do this too, the, the, the actual makers of the pickups. Because on my Colorado, I have four beefy tires, like I said, you know, territory MTs. But my spare, it's not a donut, but it's not the same brand tire. It's slightly, you know, smaller and, less, and less capable. Even with my little Santa Cruz, it's a full-size spare, but it's not the same size tire as the one on there. Uh, the uh, Honda Ridgeline actually has a donut. Uh-huh. Um, and there's other trucks out there that um, don't have anything near the right size tire to replace the one that explodes in your truck. And by the way, we have an interesting uh, experience with trying to fit a full-size spare onto a truck that had modified wheels and tires. Remember our Ford Super Tremor? Yes. And all the stuff we had to go through in order to have that full-size matching spare mounted to the truck. We had to replace the hitch. Mm-hmm. Because because that space within the hitch underneath the truck wasn't big enough to carry a thirty seven. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but and we got a one off bracket and a special thing to get in under there, and it it fit barely. Um, but it's something that a lot of people don't think about. So let's say you go for extreme tires and wheels on your whatever off road vehicle or on road vehicle, and you decide <laughs> that yeah, I, I don't think I need to have a spare tire that ma- and wheel that match that. Well. Mm, let's say something goes wrong, you're definitely going to be affecting the dynamics of that vehicle when you put that spare tire on there. Yeah. And another comment, not just by Jason, but several other people in the comment section said, uh, actually one person uh, said that they did have a quote-unquote bro-dozer and they had a flat tire because those tires may not be rated appropriately for whatever your bro dozer is Which is, is actually what my point was earlier, yeah. But he didn't have another spare. Oops. So that's a problem. I mean, he had a small spare, mm-hmm. I mean, a normal spare, and now you, you you almost have to get towed because otherwise your vehicle is really cockeyed. And well, it's entirely possible that if you put a regular size spare onto that vehicle and the way, the angle it sits, it could very well be dragging a very important component like your pumpkin on the freaking ground. I mean, that, that that's stuff like that can happen. And also, depending on your system, I mean, trucks are a little bit more tough. But if you had let, like a crossover, um, often all-wheel drive systems, if you have various radiuses tires, you could screw up the all-wheel drive system because it thinks one tire is doing something it's not supposed to be doing, right? Because it's smaller. It might be adding power the wrong way and it might even overho- overheat the system and even the transmission. There's so many things that you can do wrong by going that direction. It is vitally important that you figure out a way to get a matching, if you're going crazy with your tire and wheel package, something that comes close to matching the proper circumference and weight of the of the tires that are on there currently, uh, or else you could really hurt the vehicle. Exactly. And um, um, what we've been starting to do this, right, Tommy, when he was modifying the Mercedes GL, we discussed already. Mm-hmm. You know, we got five tires, you know, appropriately sized. Right. Uh, we got five tires, including a full size 37 spare for the Ram Trailhound mm-hmm. that we have. Um, so we're now getting better and better at this because even, you know, even I was making the mistake with this. You know, when we lifted that Ram Rebel, we didn't have a 35 spare. No, we didn't. Yeah. I think we never yes. had to use that. That yeah. would have been a real problem. Yeah. So we're learning yeah. uh, from this. So there's one more comment from, how, how do you say this name? How Nguyen. Yeah, thank you, Hao. Uh, so Hao says, oftentimes you, you go to a dealership, a uh, pickup truck dealership, mm-hmm. and you see lifted trucks, brand new, with slight lifts or maybe sometimes big lifts, yeah. uh, on bigger tires, being unsold right there in the new truck section. What's, what's up with that? We just saw that the other day yes. when we did our last uh, pot, or, or not our last, but the one prior to that. Right. When we were at the uh, the showroom, yes. there was that red Ford, uh, I think it was a Ford, no, Ram. The that, big monster Ram. Yeah, right. And yeah. That, that was being sold next to all the other ones with a warranty and yeah. everything else. That's a really good question because it's incumbent on the customer to figure out whether or not what you're buying is good or not. It's not up to the uh, dealership. They don't really have to care about that because they can have the window sticker there. And as long as they tell you what modifications were done to the vehicle and whether or not you even can cover that under your warranty, the rest of it's on you. So, but here's what a lot of dealerships are doing. And I've seen a lot of this too. 
they partner with aftermarket companies, right? Right. And there's many uh, kind of common brands, you know, Rocky Ridge, um, uh, Tough Country, there is Black Widow. There are different names of those trucks. Mm -hmm. There's uh, obviously others like, you know, Shelby American modifies Fords, yada, yada, yada. Harley Davidson trucks, oh, sure. right? We've seen a Harley Davidson truck last time as mm -hmm. well. Yes, we did. Uh, so dealership partner with a lot of those companies, including Fox and others. And those companies actually warranty a lot of the, all those parts. They Many do. The, the, yeah. But, but here's the thing. You don't know this going in, so you need to do your homework, right? Exactly. Right. Who modified it? How? If the sticker inside the door was never amended, right, from the – because you can kind of tell what the factory sticker looks like versus what the aftermarket, you know, addition is. Um, you have to ask questions. Hey – uh, is my do I have to care about p payload differences here? You know what's going on. So a lot of dealers we go to, um, they use reputable companies, um, and also if something goes wrong, it's usually three years and thirty six thousand miles, right? They'll take care of you. Mm. Uh, also, um, I wanted to talk about commercial vehicles uh, really quick. Okay, you and I saw a lot of them. Oh yeah, at Johnson Auto Plaza as yes, well. A lot of them come from the factory with no bed at all, mm -hmm. uh, chassis cabs. Yep, exactly. And then somebody puts a crane on top of it or a bucket or a flatbed or a toolbox, giant service bodies, whatever, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, welders, compressors. But you all, pretty much always because it's regulated, <laughs> you open the door and it has like one payload sticker and then after accessories – Payload because if if you add a crane to your vehicle, your payload will change <laughs> significantly. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's such an important thing. If that extra sticker isn't there, it's possible that maybe somebody a who wasn't reputable put it on there, or b perhaps it was done by a third party, like somebody else had this old crane hanging on a different vehicle and decided to swap it and throw it onto this new truck. It's entirely possible that something like that happened. So you have to make absolutely sure that the sticker is there and it's done by a reputable company, Ross, once again, it's on you if something goes wrong. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> um, yeah, so government plays a big part here, right? Yes. I, I, I wanted to close this episode on discussing uh, high-tech features in new trucks. And also government intervention and whatnot. Yeah, so mm -hmm. a lot of the new trucks and all kinds of vehicles, in fact, come with you know adaptive cruise control systems. Mm -hmm. um, now... Companies like IHS, um, the Insurance Institute, actually give you a higher scores, higher ratings if you do have those collision prevention systems. And proper headlights that are the newer ones and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah and the headlights have to be properly adjusted. Exactly. My goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, if you lift your truck up uh, incorrectly or whatever, you forgot to change your light headlight angle, now you're blinding oncoming traffic. Uh, your radar system may not work properly because now it's higher. It hasn't been recalibrated. What about your 360-degree cameras? Yep. Maybe off, too, because your truck is now higher, and those systems are very precise. They have to be calibrated for every vehicle when they leave the factory. On top of that, towing. If you're towing with those vehicles, many uh, of the modern trucks, and this has been going on now for a good decade or so, the um, software inside the truck will actually help the trailer with braking to prevent sway or at least mitigate some sway and all that. Well, once you make all those modifications, will that affect the trailer behind you? Sometimes it will, and you have to keep an eye on that as well. Exactly. So a lot of companies, for example, like Elevation Upgrade, uh, a partner of ours that mm -hmm. we work with, uh, the truck I was testing has adaptive cruise control that works. Mm -hmm. They calibrated it. It has parking sensors that work. Um, it does have a lift and bigger tires. Mm -hmm. So it's possible. It's just an extra step that you have to pay for and take care of if you want a luxurious truck that's really properly done and, and modified. But it's it's possible. And the point is the price will continue to go up. Just look at lift kits provided by Toyota Performance. The price is wildly higher than your shop down, down the street away from you. And you, you're probably asking, why don't, should I pay a four, uh, Toyota dealer four grand for this lift versus paying somebody else $1,200 for this lift? Right. Well, Toyota will warranty it and also recalibrate all of your stuff to work with 
But they left. Which is an important point. Now let's move on real quickly to government because there's a lot of government oversight that is out there and that is moving out there, both in terms of cars and trucks. Um, and you're going to see that more and more when it comes to um, exhaust systems, intakes, basically smog systems uh, for various trucks out there. A lot of people like to modify them or tear everything off. And a really good example of that is what's happening right now with the Cummins recall. So we have a friend of ours, uh, a friend of the studios, who has a slightly older uh, Cummins pickup truck, uh -huh. and he's modified it. And he's taken a whole bunch of stuff off the truck in terms of um, uh, making it more powerful, better exhaust, and blah, 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 blah. Well, if he takes it in and has it serviced, will it even be serviced? Or will he have to put all that stuff back on there to get serviced? And also, if it's not properly serviced, let's say he lived in California, and so he didn't get that little sticker saying that he got it serviced properly, does that mean that his truck will no longer be allowed to be driven on the road? Or more importantly, registered. Licensed, registered. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these are things that are starting to happen more and more, and we're going to be seeing a lot more of this in the future, especially when it comes to emissions. But that also has to do with other components on the vehicle. And in time, I believe that the federal government is, is wishy-washy on whether or not the whole, uh, you know, whether or not they're preventing people from actually working on their vehicles in the future. It's right now, it's in this uh, a foggy area where they're litigating it and they're trying to figure out whether or not it's actually something that, you know, is worth it, especially on certain high-tech vehicles that are very hard to mess with. The question is, once you bought the vehicle, is it really yours? That's going to be coming up in the future with pickup trucks as well. So yeah, that's that's a hot topic. Of it course, really is. Really hot, and it gets under my skin as well. Mm -hmm. Because the whole point of this video and this podcast and everything we do at TFL is... I guess we're in the end promoting common sense, mm -hmm. right? And common sense says, you know, if you put a 12-inch lift kit on your truck with tires that stick out a foot on each side and you think it's now all of a sudden as safe as it was before and legal, that's, that's not really common sense. No. I mean, you could build a show vehicle and, you know, sh show it around different shows mm -hmm. and trailer it there. That's sure. fine. Yeah. But as soon as you create a daily driver that's ridiculous um, – and if a lot of people continue to do that, the government at some point will say, uh-uh-uh, we're going to clamp down on all of this stuff. Which is exactly what they did with the uh, Carolina drop. Squat. Or, so the Carolina yeah. squat. Yeah. Uh, which I believe is now illegal in almost every state or nearly every state. Um, and they're, they're, the government is simply saying it's a safety concern. Um, and... That means if you look at that, if you follow that logic, that could easily move over to the trucks that are overlifted or perhaps have really wide or tires. Under, or lowered, slammed or, or on the slammed, ground. Yeah. Right? Um, so this is just the beginning of it. So common sense may help some of uh, other people out there not have to worry about government oversight because people are being silly about what they're doing to modify their vehicles and making them unsafe. A lot of you guys commented also, and I want to finish with a piece of news. Please. Uh, a lot of people mentioned uh, Australia. You and I, I think, um, look at Australia fondly, right? Oh, we, yeah. Um, I've, I was there once. I, I loved my time there. I only spent like three days there, and I wish uh, you know, I spent more time. Uh, the spirit of the people is amazing, but they have a lot of regulations. Uh, their trucks, they have tray beds. You know, They have cool tires. Mm -hmm. They have big bumpers. They have winches. They have lights. They have snorkels, air intakes. They have everything. But you don't see those gigantic stanced vehicles because they're outlawed, basically. Mm -hmm. They have a lot stricter regulation. And they're making do with it, right? They're, they're making they're, do they're with making it, They're making do. Yeah. But here in America, we we're still have more freedoms. I mean, Agreed. You, you, so use common sense. Right. I agree. And we need to go to Australia. You and me, friend, let's do this. Let's do a trip where we... Bounce off South Africa, where they also have some really cool off-roaders, well, and then go straight to Australia, which is just a few hours away, right? Sure. That's what we'll do. And let's Roman. have Roman pay for it. Well, of course. We're not going to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I would, uh, I, I've been to Australia once as well, and I only spent four days there, and most of my time was in Sydney. And so I didn't really get to see very cool things, and that was when I was a teenager. Long story. Anyway. Um, so Final hey. news. Oh, Final please news. go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So just a couple days ago, uh, Chevrolet announced the 2025 Silverado heavy-duty lineup. 
uh, changes. And the big news there was the trail bus heavy duty. Mm. So they started with a 1500 right. trail bus. Then Colorado trail bus, the mm. one I have. Uh, no, heavy duty trail bus. So would that compete directly with the Ram Rebel heavy duty? I would say so. So uh, the news is not... Uh, I was hoping for a little bit more meat mm-hmm. on this trail bus. But basically, um, we only have one image. It's rolling on 20-inch wheels, which you and I agree. I don't know why manufacturers are doing this. It's They're giving good. you a bigger wheel and a smaller sidewall on the tire. It's because people like the look. Is it always come down to the look now? I think it does because, I mean, it, look, for them, they would rather put them on steelies, which is cheaper to stamp and put on these things, and frankly, I think better. Um, but a lot of people are like, I want that deep dish look. I want the big fat wheel look. I want, you know, I want A, B, and C look. And so, you know, your automaker, your truck maker is going to say like, yes, of course, we'll build it for you as long as you <laughs> give us 90 grand for the truck. Yeah, hey, we'll do it, right? So they did not update the powertrains. Of course, they're very precise about their powertrains. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still the 6.6 V8 gas, the 6.6 V8 diesel, same power numbers. They didn't change any of that. Um uh, this trail boss package comes with um, kind of dark badges, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of it will have its color combinations. It certainly looks like it has a suspension lift over what I've seen. But it's using Z71 setup. Okay. So Z71 has been there before. Well, does that mean so it has a G80? It has a G80. Okay. It does not have a uh, selectable locker. Okay. And it has different tires. It has BFGs. Okay. Um, uh, uh, terrain TAs. Oh, ter- okay. So they're not KO2. No. Um so basically what this trail bus heavy-duty truck is, and I haven't seen it in person, so I apologize. They're not out yet. It basically looks to me like a tire package. Mm-hmm. I was hoping it was a little, it would have a little bit more meat. Maybe it sat a little bit taller or maybe it was a little, I don't know, a selectable locker, like you said. Maybe different shocks. It oh. still has ranchos. Okay. Rancho shocks are on the Z71 on the, package. So basically the Z71 package with badging and tires. And different tires. Yes. Wah, so, wah, wah. yeah, I, I was wishing it was a little bit better, but uh, well, we'll have much, to wait to drive it. And you, you don't, do you have the numbers on how much more expensive it is over the regular Z71? <clears throat> because maybe that's where the deal is, right? Maybe just like you were talking about with your truck and it's better tires – Maybe for they, not very much money. Right, exactly. So maybe that's what they're doing here. I don't have that data yet, so okay. stay tuned. Okay. We will have yep. that data in the very near future. Uh, by the way, uh, just crazy, just off the top of my head before we close up, if you guys are listening and or watching and you're from a different country or have experience with trucks in different countries that you think we should visit and do specials on, let us know in the comments below. It's not like we're going to be able to jump on a plane and do that. But from time to time, we do travel um, around the world, and perhaps there's an opportunity at some point in time for us to get out to one of those countries and do a little special there. You never know. Yep. Yep. I appreciate you guys as always. Stay tuned to this podcast because we do this weekly, Mm -hmm. Um, and you can check it out at altfl.com. And also, huge news are coming. So... We told you guys that we're buying a Tacoma. Yep. We finally should be able to get our paws on it. Yes. By the time the next podcast rolls out. So stay tuned for that. I also have a plan in the in my back pocket about a Cybertruck. Because mm. a lot of you guys have at, and gals asked about our perspective on the Cybertruck. So we have something in our bag for this. Yep. Um, and also, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, there's more news definitely yeah. coming. Hey, I we just always can't say everything because what if it doesn't happen? And then I would have to backtrack on what I said. Yeah. So Better not to say anything. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, guys, have a wonderful week. Be safe out there. We'll see you next time. Thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.